All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Build Show podcast. That's right, my weekly time to get together with you guys and go deep. And I've got my good friend Steve Basic in the Rockwell studio here in Austin, Texas. Steve, we're talking today uh, about building and contracting. Uh, and this is kind of a, uh, a bit of a sponsored episode because this is a part of our Build, Show, Build Boston series that you designed and have been hosting yeah. uh, a great number of series of videos. We're about halfway through or two-thirds of the way yep. through the build. Uh, but on this podcast for you listeners, Steve and I are going to be talking about the difference between building and contracting. We're going to get into this. This is a good topic. That being said, from the Rockwell Studios in Austin, Texas, let's get going. All right, Steve. So we are halfway through Build Show Build Boston. And as we were talking about this podcast, the, the topic here is building and contracting. Yep. Um, in your mind, what is the difference between building a house and contracting a house? You know, unfortunately, I'm old enough to understand and have worked with builders that the, the people that I would consider builders are people that can actually do the work if they had to, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I've worked with some guys, and I, and there's some some of these guys and gals still out there for sure, but that could do their own form work. They could do the framing yep. if they had to. Yep. They can do the trim work. They can do the roofing. Yep. They can hang the drywall if they needed to. Yeah. Right, they could build a house. They could literally not just contract it to other people to do, right? But build it themselves. And you know, you know who comes to mind immediately when you say that, uh, Jake Bruton. Yep. You know, Jake's a second generation builder. His dad was that type of builder, uh, and Jake's a little bit more like me these days, where he's more of a contractor. Uh, I call myself a general contractor. But uh, but what's what's in your mind uh, the I guess maybe problems, not necessarily the right word, but what, what are the issues that come up as we in America have gone from builders who are doing everything to general contractors? You know, so first of all, first and foremost, quality, right? Um, now there's certainly an argument and it can go both ways. It's, it's, you know, the thing about the building industry is that it's not black and white. Like there's really good framers out there, right? There's, some very mediocre framers out there. <laughs> That's for sure. So the mediocre framer, you those get priced in because they fit the contract price. Yep. And then you're out there and walls are crooked, things are forgotten, and you tell, you know, you do a walkthrough with the builder or a contractor and you say, hey, we need to, you know, they forgot this soffit in or we got to build this in or, hey, can we push this wall out? Oh, well, I got to get the framer back. And it might be two weeks because he's on another job. Yep. Right. Where that builder type, they say, yeah, no problem. They're there, you know, an hour later cutting it with the Sawzall or whatever and, and modifying it. And they don't have to wait for somebody else to do it because they're qualified to handle a lot of those things themselves. Yeah. Now, I have to admit, my, uh, my, danger uh, on the back of my head raises a little bit when we talk about this topic because I'll be honest, I'm not really a builder in a lot of ways as, as your definition is, Steve. Right. Uh, you know, I, I can work my way around most any tool, but I am not good enough to actually really do much work, so to speak, on an actual house. I really don't know how to frame. 
Uh, I really have never done any contract concrete work about the only real job I've done mm -hmm. for any length of time is finished carpentry work. Right. Uh, and I'm not a great finished carpenter, but I'm adequate enough to bring the painter in and to, and to caulk and paint where the carpenter ain't. Right. Uh, but I would say that when we think about builders versus contractors, I'm really more of a contractor. But on the other hand, I do have 30 years of experience now. Right. And I also have the passion uh, over the years to dig into each one of those trades and at least have a good understanding of how that trade goes such that I would differentiate um, builders and contractors by actually adding a third layer in there. And I don't know what the right term is, but that would be people that are contracting it out, but don't have good building knowledge as the base. Yeah. I, I, I have a name for them. What's that? I, I call them contract aggregators. <laughs> right? Contract aggregators. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're not even, yeah, they're not even contractors. They just, get a bunch of contracts from their subs yep. they put that together as hey here's our contract and then they pass it on to the client and say mm -hmm. this is what it costs for me to build the house yep and they have no clue i mean i i unfortunately have had i i guess the i wouldn't say it's a good fortune it was bad fortune but you know to meet some general contractors that really can't even read a framing plan Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, well, let me get the framer and like he'll figure that out because and it's like I don't want to embarrass him, but I know we can't have an intelligent conversation yeah. about yeah. this framing of this corner of the roof or this turret or whatever yep. it is because they've never framed. They don't have the basic knowledge and they don't it. have the basic knowledge. Yeah. And, and I, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but it seems like a lot of the people I deal with around the country are these. Uh, gentlemen or ladies, they pull up and they drive around in their truck, but they're pushing contracts around and mm -hmm. somebody else is doing the work. And it's it, it makes it has its challenges. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's where we are. Yeah. And I don't think we're getting rid of it. Yeah, there's so there's a couple couple places that I want to go with this. Number one, I think that uh, the production builders of the world are a bit like that in some respects, mm -hmm. where they've got a person at the office who's getting the contracts together. And then, like me, as a 22-year-old, they have someone in the field with very limited knowledge who's really making sure that people show up uh, and that you're, quote-unquote, on schedule, but don't have a lot of technical knowledge, per se. Right. Now, this is a blanket statement. I, I'm not trying to uh, – I know we've got lots of superintendents and project managers for production builders. I'm not, I'm not dogging yeah. on you guys. I'm really dogging on the Matt Reisinger as a 22-year-old who was hired – without a lot of knowledge, but to, to the credit of that particular builder I worked for, they had a one-year training program for me that I went to class on a bi-weekly basis. I think I had 26 class modules I had to go right. through that were all about a half day. Uh, and I also was paired with a mentor for that year that before I could get promoted to a superintendent, I started as an assistant superintendent, I had to spend a whole year in class and a whole year underneath two or three different people in the field uh, you know, understanding how that went so that when I was 23 or 24, I was managing projects on my own. So that's yeah. that's one class of this mm -hmm. uh, kind of contractor. Another one, though, that does scare me a little bit, Steve, is the homeowner uh, who says, look, I can't find a good builder or I don't like what I'm hearing from these builders. In or they don't want to pay 15 percent. Exactly. Or whatever so the they go, is. look, I'm going to, quote unquote, contract the house myself and I'm going to hire the subs. Uh, and certainly there's been times when that has gone really well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I have gotten many, many calls from people that that did not go well. Talk to me about that. It's probably more rare <laughs> that it goes well than it doesn't. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I wouldn't necessarily say it's a solution, but we're doing a project right now, and I, I'm calling it our off-site build. And the homeowner is, uh, let's call him the general manager. Okay, that's a good, okay? that's a good term. So he's the general manager of the project. The beauty of doing it off-site, we did a superior wall foundation system. So he contracts with superior wall. They did all of the engineering, so mm-hmm. they took that out of his hands. They did all of the fabrication. They did all of the scheduling, distribution, brought the panels to the site, and they have their approved certified installer. Uh, and those guys those guys were sharp. I could, I could put the, those three or four guys, I'll, I'll give them a shout out, TB Builds. They were sharp. I, if, you could pick any other three guys. They probably don't know as much about putting in a foundation as these guys. Wow. And they were really good. We did a little over 400 feet of foundation wall and it closed on a dime fascinating holy cow and and it was awesome and the homeowner just sat around and watched the homeowner was the person writing the checks not necessarily the experienced and he didn't need the experience because superior wall found the experience well and the thing is is superior wall has a very intentional interest not to get the lowest bidder to do the install either Mm -hmm. right because they don't want to pay out on their warranties right and they don't want headaches so they're going to have very good installers Hmm. and we didn't stop there we moved up into the wood frame and he contracted with another company um harvest homes out of upstate new york and they built all of the wall assemblies all of the floor assemblies and they're going to build the roof trusses and then have their approved installers that they work come come with us and and honestly you know i was skeptical when when um the the homeowner josh was saying hey i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and i was like okay i was there last week shooting some video of installing the floor and i figured okay i'll catch a couple panels go in i was there for three and a half hours i watched 3200 square feet of floor get dropped in Three hours and 10 minutes, they did the whole floor frame. And Holy it closed cow. like a jigsaw puzzle. Dang. It, I was impressed. And, Fascinating. And again, so there's the homeowner. You know, next week we're going to do wall panels. Yep. And all the homeowner has done is manage the project with these companies that make it, deliver it, and um, install it. Hmm. Interesting. So here's here. Here's my concern with that, though, Steve, or whenever someone tells me that they're going to do some version of contracting the house themselves, I always worry about the things that fall between the cracks. Oh, yeah. You know, where where this sub's trade ends and another sub begins, how do those things mate and join? And, he, and here's an example of that. Uh, not, not a perfect example, but I was on a job site this morning uh, looking at a homeowner's house that hired a different builder than me. And I was in the running for the job. I told them it was going to cost, I don't know how much, X dollars. And they said, oh, we're, we're talking to this other builder who's telling them it's going to be 25% less. So I'm really sorry. You're too expensive. So they called me at the end of this job and said, actually, it cost what you told what you expected it to cost because the minus mm-hmm. 25 didn't happen. It, was, it, was, yeah. it went up over the deal. And they showed me several things that they had issues with on the house. And... 
in the end, I had to say, you know, I think the biggest problem here was the craftsmen on the job were not familiar enough with doing a high level of install such that these things that you wanted to do and to achieve, nope. they just, they didn't know how to do it. You know, right. this wasn't like what normally is done. Uh, some of the things they wanted to do were slightly high achieving from a finished carpentry perspective, from a craftsmanship perspective. And the people that were on the job weren't able to do that. And so in the end, I had to tell them, look, you know, there's only so much you can beat yourself up because you didn't know enough to know what you don't know right. <laughs> two years ago when you didn't hire me. And, and I said to them, what could I have said to you at that point that would have made you want to spend 25% more than what someone else said. Right. And they said, I don't think there is anything you could have said, yeah. right? It's that's the problem is, you know, hindsight in the building industry. Is, you don't know what you, you don't, don't know. don't know. And it's, it, 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 there is no savings. I mean, the, the thing I always tell clients is, you know, the building industry is probably one of those things that's the truest to cost, mm -hmm. right? I have a number, I had a number of projects. I mean, over 30 years, I can, recite a number of projects where, you know, even a simple addition remodel or something that a builder, one builder says this is 350 and another guy comes in at 275. And the 350 builder says like, I can barely buy the materials mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. So how is this guy buying the materials and doing the work? Yep. For the, for the same for that price, it's it's crazy. Or even you can break it down to general or um, specific subcontractors. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a good friend that's an insulator, and he'll price a job, and it might be eighty grand for the house. And then another insulator comes in and says, "Well, I'll do it for fifty five. And he's like, "Steve, I can't even buy like the raw what materials to do that." So these guys are <laughs> lying through their teeth, and so I would watch over them, and they did. I had to have that insulator come back five times. And he oh. was starting at the, the fifth time. He's yelling at me. And I was like, dude, you're not, you didn't do what you promised. Mm -hmm. Right? We can go through the whole house and measure it. Yeah. So it's it, the industry is, is definitely a challenge. But that, that the whole knowledge that we you know, started out with talking about is, is, you know, is the person in charge the right person to be in charge? Yeah. Right? That's and, a great way to say it. And the, the question then is... You know, are they a manager, a contractor, or a builder? Mm. Right. And and for lack of a better term, that's what we're using here today. But you know, you're you're one of those three, but you can't be a contractor and pretend to be a builder. Right. Because you're gonna get in trouble. Yep. And you're gonna get the homeowner in trouble. Yep. You can't be a manager and pretend to be a contractor. You can't. So you have to understand where where your goalpost is. And when you get to the edge of the cliff, you need to understand, okay, I need to seek maybe professional help outside of who I am to do this. Yep. And and it it uh, you know, and that, that's probably true of anything though, is like just understanding who you are and what you do. And, you know, there's no need to fake it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the thing that I think about when uh, when we're talking about this kind of uh, having the right person on the job. Uh, I've been in business now for, I started my company in 2005, so I'm on 18 years. I feel like I'm finally an adult. I've right. gone into 18 years of being a contractor. Uh, and one thing that I think has been the key to my success has been using the same trades over and over and over again, such that, you know, frankly, if you, if you dropped off a load of two by fours and said, Matt, frame this, I wouldn't know where to start. Right. <laughs> but I've got a framer named Bill uh, that's been doing all my work for the last, I don't know, 14 years now 
that I trust implicitly. Bill knows. uh, His guys know. And I know that he's my guy and he knows that that I'm also loyal to him. And there's two ways that I've achieved that. Number one, I don't bid out things to multiple framers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I only use Bill. I also don't make Bill do a fixed price bid for me on most of my jobs because they're too complicated. So what I do is I uh, do an annual contract with him and say, okay, it's 2024, let's talk about our annual agreement. All the jobs are doing this year, here's what your rate's gonna be. And we basically have a, a crew rate, a day rate, and a, yep. uh, you know some version of a weekly rate so that we can then look back and go, okay, this house that we framed three years ago took us uh, you know, 16 weeks of framing, including waterproofing and window and door install. This plan is similar, but it's 25% bigger. So let's put a factor on that and let's put your weekly rate for a full crew times 20 weeks, and that's what we're going to budget. Right. But when it comes to actually doing the work, if we've got a change order, if we've got a week of, you know, whatever, I don't hold him to that budget. That's not a fixed price bid for him. Right. Uh, he bills me for what he needs. And then because of that, it also means that if he finishes two weeks early, he typically also has other stuff lined up. He's not like dogging it the last two weeks right, right. Uh, to hang around. And then I know I get an excellent framer, which allows me then to have some people on my staff. Like I've got Emma, one of my project managers, uh, who has a Texas A&M degree in construction management but has only been in the field three years. When she's out in the field with Bill Wood, she doesn't need to read that she's framing She's getting a plan. PhD. She's learning from Bill and the crew how we frame it, right. and I've got my A crew on, on the team. So to your point, she isn't a builder per se. Right. She's more of a excellent manager on the job yep. when it comes to Bill and his crew, making sure they yep. have what they need, making sure she's thinking ahead in terms of getting the steel guy on site when's necessary. Uh, bringing the trades in when is necessary, mm-hmm. but she's not on a day-to-day basis going, all right, when we frame this wall, guys, here's what we need to look out for. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, some of those guys, it's it's the heavy construction or commercial industry that's scaling down to become a residential industry because that's how they're run, right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. I, I have friends that are construction managers and own construction management companies that do hospitals and yep. this and stuff. Their guy doesn't know how to erect a steel frame. Yeah. Like, he understands what should happen and, right. and the sequence of yep. things, but he doesn't have the right wrench and stuff in his truck to yeah. go bolt that steel frame together. So, But they know that, and that's how they manage the project yep. from that perspective and, and understanding what that perspective is. You bring up a really good point with the whole rate thing because – One of the things that I found, and this is a a little tip to any young builders or old builders that don't do it. When you write contracts with clients, make sure they understand what rates are for things that might be unexpected. Ah, the old contingency budget. Yeah, but just like how much is a day with an excavator and an operator? That's a great point. Like if we hit ledge, what's the cost Mm -hmm. for that? Because what happens is you hit ledge, they say, well, we got to hammer it out. And homeowner's like, yeah, okay. And then next thing you know, bang, here's a change order for eight grand. Right. And it's like, why is this eight grand? Well, the guy was there for five days times his price. And it's like, it's okay. Most homeowners are going to pay it because they don't have any mm-hmm. option or yeah. they live with a rock in their basement. <laughs> but the idea is you've created this conflict. 
Yeah. And I even say it to every electrician when we when we're setting up a project to build it. I tell electricians, give me a rate for an outlet, a switch, a recessed light. It's a great tip. And yeah. that way there, as we plus and minus stuff, it's not guesswork. The All homeowner right. knows if they walk around and we add six can lights, they're three hundred dollars a can light, boom, they just spent eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's really it's smart. a clear perspective. Yeah. There's not, hey, you're gouging me. Yeah. You know, really when smart. I get that change order. And you've set the expectation too, and right? Because it's really so much of, of our job as builders is setting good expectations uh, and reasonable expectations. Just like I set the expectation for that homeowner who didn't hire me that the co- the house was going to cost X dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they came back and said, actually, that was a good expectation because it did cost X. It did cost that. And the minus 25 wasn't the right number. Yeah, and actually, it ended up costing more. Did because, it? well, no, I'm just saying, you when you think about it, they paid the same dollar amount. Right. But think of all the sleepless nights, yeah. the aggravation, yeah. the arguments, yeah. the internal arguments that husband and wife uh, had to have. Yes. Because... You know, they showed up on the job site. Something wasn't right. They both got heated, and they they ruined a day in their lives. Yeah, because great of somebody point. else. Yeah, great point. Yeah, it, it's a hard one, man. Um, going back to the example that I used earlier, which is the somebody wants to contract their own house. If someone mm-hmm. comes to me and says that, <laughs> I take a huge heavy breath, like. Okay, where do I start here? There's yeah. so many pitfalls mm-hmm. that that mean that you shouldn't do this. I I can think of a couple houses though that did go well, and the people that went really well for them were people that were uh, incredible researchers that had as much knowledge as a builder, even though they weren't oh, in yeah. the building business. But the other the other big key I think for success for for somebody who's interested in kind of contracting for themselves and that's not this isn't the point of this episode but I'm thinking uh, for those viewers who are who are listening and are thinking about this you need to dedicate your life to that project oh, yeah. uh, and you can't expect to work 40 hours in your other job and build a house because it's not going to go well mm-hmm. even me as a seasoned builder when my house was under construction I officed out of that house. Uh, because you need to be on site while the work is happening, especially work that's detailed work and that's work that has high expectations. So as an example, I have an HVAC contractor, this guy named Jeff, you probably met him before, who does all my duct work. He's worked for me since 2005, my very first house. I think I cheated on Jeff on one house maybe over the years that he didn't do the work. He was on vacation. Well, no, we hired someone else, but that was a different story. That wasn't my call. Long story short, when we're doing my house, I met with Jeff and said, all right, we're going to try and do the Jake Bruton, Steve Basic detail where one hole through the zip system sheathing is going to get one thing through it. And so I said, where your HVAC line set comes out here, Jeff, I need you to drill a hole for the copper. I need you to drill another hole for the return copper. And I need you to drill a third hole for the condensate, uh, whatever that was going through the wall. And I came back and literally an hour later and he had a nice four inch hole. He had like a four inch hole saw. He hadn't drilled it yet. He had the he had the whole hog with a four inch bit on it and was like about to drill through the wall. I was like, Whoa, Jeff, what are you doing? He's like, Well, I'm drilling for the line set. Like I you know, we talked about the line set being here and I was like, dude, an hour ago I had a conversation with you about this. And it just reminded me that when you've got specific details you want done in the house, 
you got to be around. And had I not been taking my conference call that day from the porch mm -hmm. that I had to do for work that wasn't involving me building my house, I would have missed that. I would have come back through. The line set would have been in. And I would have had to shrug probably and go, oh, all right. I yeah, guess I won't do that. Yeah, we're not tearing it out and right. tearing it apart. I guess now. we'll leave it, yep. right? How many times has that happened to you? Yeah, well, the reason I, I busted out laughing when you talk about a homeowner and being there on time and stuff. So I had this one project. Homeowner says, oh, I'm going to GC it myself. We'll, we'll just call him Pete. So <laughs> I show up one morning, um, and Pete was there, and he's talking about how he's going to GC the meeting. And I said, Pete, with all due respect, man, I love you. But let's just take today's meeting. You've rescheduled it three times oh and you gosh. showed up 30 minutes late. <laughs> and his wife is standing there when I'm when I'm giving him his little lecture. And he's like, well, but I had this. I said, that's fine. But my point is, Pete, when you're building a house, you're going to have about five or six of these meetings a day. Yeah, exactly. So what are you going to do there? His wife smacks him. I told you. I told you. I'm with Steve. You should have been. She went <laughs> off on him. Anyways. Pete still did the job. We went through four framing crews oh on that project. The first gosh. two just walked off. The second guy said, don't even pay me, Pete. These last two days are free. Have a nice life. Please don't ever call me again. Don't, yeah. And he walked away. Oh, my god. We're on the second floor framing. He had insulators spraying cellulose in the wall down below. And I'm like, oh. what are you doing? He's like, well, we're just getting a jump on insulation. I'm like, without the roof on? Oh. It's probably not a good idea to put paper-based cellulose insulation in a wall where it rains without oh, a roof. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. It was, yes. So, he did not listen at all. So I've got a, a bit of a personal question for you here because I, I know you've been, what have you been, you've been an architect for three decades, four yeah, decades? Yeah, 30 years. Yeah. Around 30 years. You've worked with all kinds of builders from the shoreline builders that yeah. I visited who are, a killer father and son team who just yep. do amazing work to sometimes some builders that you don't know very well and you're kind yep. of uh, helping your clients interview them. I wonder how much you've gone from, maybe even in the last 10 years, from kind of, I'll work for anybody, you know, like I like the Matt Reisinger of 2010, like, please, dear God, yep. I've got to play my mortgage. Please come hire me to today where we're pretty selective on what jobs we'll yes. do. I wonder if you're that way with your builders that you'll work with. Um, I, I, yes, I, I would say yes. But you know what's funny? I tell the homeowners, we have a very lengthy conversation usually about what my expectations of what the builder should be. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it doesn't work out. We had one where I hung up on the conference call because the builder was telling me, First of all, he's telling me I was wrong in a very loud voice. Oh, my god! And I wasn't wrong. I had a Joe Stebrick paper <laughs> that said, like, I wasn't, it wasn't even my knowledge. I was just citing oh. a paper that Joe wrote. He's like, I don't give an essay. That's how we do it here. Oh That's, my and I'm gosh. like, so let me get this right, Glenn. You might have been doing it wrong for 30 years. You <laughs> yeah, ever think you, about that? You want to keep doing it wrong. And you want to keep doing it wrong. And, and he, he, yeah, he got me so, I just told the homeowners, I said, listen, I really like you guys, but I, I can't, I can't I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be yelled at the, by this guy. No. And he's not, he didn't even listen. Like he didn't want any part of the conversation. He was right. Everybody else in the world was wrong. Yikes. End of story. Well, go Yikes. ahead. Yeah, good luck to you. 
I mean, I got to say though, Steve, you've got, you've put yourself in a pretty charmed position at this stage in your life. You've got your daughter now working with you full-time. Your son is about to be full-time with you as well. He's about to graduate. If you guys don't know, Steve's daughter is a trained architect and has been working with them for a little over a year now. Yep. Uh, and oh, Lexi's been in there three years. Now. Three years. I'm sorry. Yep. And then his son is about to graduate uh, from Auburn with a yep. uh, architecture degree. You also have a slate of some fantastic builders. I have three projects with you going. Yep. I heard. I know you got at least one or two with Jake. Bruton I got five right with now. Jake right okay, now. Okay, you got five with Jake now. I heard you talking about a job you got with our buddy Will King down uh, at We had one with High Will. Homes. Yep. yep. I mean, you've got projects with terrific builders. But I also know that you were telling me earlier about a project that you had not too long ago where you showed up on the job and uh, the house was called out as two by six walls on advanced framing. Yeah, 24 inch on center. And what happened? Yeah, so I looked at the, the builder or the, the job site guy. Um, I wouldn't give him a name. We'll just call him he not was even the job the, site not guy. Not even the contractor? He, he was the job site aggregator. guy. Yeah, he wasn't even a manager. He was just the job site guy. And, uh, and I said, what's going on here? And he says, what? And I said, it's uh, supposed to be framed 24 inches on center. It's 16. His answer was, oh, was that in the drawings? <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? I went home. I counted 17 different places. Oh, it called out 24 inches on center in the drawings. Yeah, I think it was in the drawings. But beyond that, so here I am standing in the hill country of Texas with a uh, tw maybe a late 20 something year old, mm -hmm. right? And he's trying to lecture me on why 16 inches on center is way better than 24 inches on center and oh how we would never gosh. do that down here. And I, and I ended it with like, I really don't give a damn what your opinion is. Like, if you want, you can go to the bar, we'll buy some drinks and we'll talk about the pros and cons. But for this house, it was supposed to be 24 inches on yeah. center. And that decision was made a long, long made before long framing was already well and underway. And you don't have the right to change it. Yeah. You have the right to discuss it, but you yep. don't have the right to change it. Oh, my gosh. That's so and hard, man. So there's, yeah. I mean, we could we could probably sit here and, and go for hours. I, I have a bunch. So but. I want to I end on a positive note, though, because we've, we've said a couple well, of stories. Can I tell stories. you about my favorite builder or one of them? Please, because yes. I, Only because I, and I, and I say this I only because I had a conversation out there with Tim and Steve, mm -hmm. you're the guy in charge, and we were talking about building companies that are successful and do a good job. Yep. So Howell, you've met Brian. Yeah, Brian's awesome. And I think you met Kurt out at our Riverside yep. Project. Yep. So he's uh -huh. Brian's counter. This is a Howell Custom Homes it's Howell outside Custom of Boston. Homes outside of Boston. They're one of the best um, companies that I have to deal with. I deal with a lot of good ones. But but their management style, if you're a young construction company and you're thinking about how do I do it right, I think they do it right. When I start a project with them, I meet the homeowner with Steve Howell. He's the owner. We get the job. Then he passes me off to a couple of his project managers, but they're on the sales and budget side. Hmm. So I'll work with Garrett for like six months with the client. We'll develop the budget. We'll develop the design, all of that. The minute we go for permit, Garrett hands it off to Don. Don is a, a, a project manager on the construction side, but he's not a site guy. He's in the office. He gets materials. He gets all those contracts, subs, gets them scheduled. And then they have a site guy that can do stuff. 
hmm. like a Brian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, we were up there. Brian was installing windows. Yeah. And he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in the industry from the build, from a true builder side. Almost a bit of a cross between a lead carpenter and a builder, right? Yes. In some respects. Exactly. And But those guys are managing it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I remember days where I showed up and Brian can do it, but he also has the foresight where we'd be sitting down and we're framing the first floor deck and he wants to talk about register placement on the second floor. How about that? Because he's awesome. already there and he's making sure, like when you have that kind of management style and, and setup, these guys are way ahead. Yep. As opposed to the builder where, hey, the drywaller's here. Oh, we forgot to put the radon vent in. Yep. Now we gotta put that in. And it's like, hey, just don't put drywall on this wall. We'll have you come back. Yeah. Like those kinds of headaches. It's just, you know, that that builder style, I think it just works. And and even like Brian and Kurt, when we're out at the job site, and I, if I asked them like, hey, how much did that cost? He's like, I don't know. I just called Don and I, I tell him I need five boxes of screws and this much lumber. And then he orders it, gets it, it shows up on the back of a truck tomorrow. And then I do my thing. That's really cool. So every one of those people along there know their job. Yep. And they don't go into somebody else's pool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When when they hand over the contract, it goes to a different program manager. I never even talk to Garrett anymore because he's done. He did his job. He got the budget. Clients yep. happy. Fascinating. Other guys so build cool. the house. And That's then really the site cool. guy, he takes charge of it. What's the uh, – so take that – knowing that then, what's the advice that you would give – the 18 to 30 year old person uh, who's interested in being a true builder, what's the path to get to that really experienced top notch? Uh, you know, would you recommend they start as a lead carpenter? Would you recommend they get a job with a really good custom building company like a Howl, like a Reisinger build, like nope. a whatever, and uh, and learn from the different spots? What's what's the way to get to that? Spot? I mean, I think the first thing is is you you kind of have to self-identify what it is that I want to do, mm -hmm. right? Do yeah. I really want to be a nuts and bolts guy? Yep. Or yeah. do I not care about what size screw should be used for that application? Because right. if I don't care about that, then I need to move more into the management spectrum mm -hmm. and out of that builder spectrum. That's a great point. Right? So trying to understand. I mean, you have to be true to yourself. And it's okay to do any of it, but you just need to know what your job is. And I think the industry kind of has – there's a lot of – gray areas where I, I know a lot of people personally that are kind of outreaching. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't call myself an electrical engineer. I don't call myself a structural engineer. Yep. Like, I'll I'll do enough to be dangerous, but yep. I still send it to the structural engineer and he comes back and says, yeah, that was the right beam, or yep. we can make it smaller or we can make it larger. But I have to anticipate something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, under understanding who you are or who you want to be, mm -hmm. right? Because there's nothing wrong with, I, I have a couple friends that are very successful as like one and two guys. Mm -hmm. They do really nice work, very nice additions, kitchen remodels. Yep. And, you know, we're talking like a 350K kitchen. Yeah. You know, those those jobs are out there. Stay Especially your, if you're your really lane. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Don't try and be 
this other guy because you yeah. can get in trouble really, really fast. Yeah, I also think an interesting uh, tidbit that I'm thinking about from what you said earlier was that that particular job with that, uh, what'd you call them, uh, aggregator earlier uh, that contract was, aggregators. Yeah, but the one that was successful, they were successful in that job because they hired. Uh, I hate the word turnkey, but but a really experienced good turnkey company. Yep. You know that Superior Wall Foundation yep. contractor. Superior Wall is a brand name. Uh, I don't know. Precast foundation. No system. relationship with yeah. them, by the way. Oh. Uh, although we'd like one if if you're listening, but. Uh, they seem like they can turnkey a foundation and put it in really well. You know who else did that? I want to get back to your Build Show Build Boston house real quick. Um, you had an ICF foundation. No, that wasn't that was that Riverside. Job. That was That's Riverside. right. It was a Riverside job. Yeah. You had an ICF foundation put in by a really good contractor, and I don't even know which brand of whatever they had. Yeah, they were uh, Logics. Logics. And it was uh, Dan and Arthur were the guys, and it was like blue-green building That's concepts. That's right. Um, and man, I thought that foundation was money. And there's a great example of a con a local contractor doing what what I would call turnkey, mm -hmm. uh, using a great product, the Logix uh, ICF system. But I was just super uh, impressed with that install when I visited. Like all the details were were really nailed. Those walls were perfectly plumb. Everything job. was done really, really to a top degree. So if you're that younger, and it's a father son team. Right, they're That's just cool. sitting there, and the, the two of them, they were doing their work, enjoying awesome. each other's company. Like they're, they were both extremely happy. That's cool. And the, they knew their lane because if I asked, it was funny because if I asked the dad something, he goes, "I don't know, I don't handle that." Talk to Danny. Talk to my son. Yeah, That's he awesome. goes, "I just do what Danny tells me." That's pretty cool. Right. So he he knew enough that like I'm not even gonna have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why uh, I struck a chord so well with that Bill Framer that I was mentioning earlier. I'm not even saying his last name, so no, no one can look him up. <laughs> I'm being a little cagey here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I could tell when I first met him in, like, 2009 or 10, like, this is a really wise guy. I also knew he had really good integrity, and he had good craftsmanship, and he cared about the details even when it was yeah. going to be hidden, which is all yeah. of framing, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't want a framer who builds things to the 32nd of an inch. You also don't want a guy who's off by a quarter inch everywhere. The whole building will be off by two inches. Yep. Uh, and so it was one of those moments in my life where I said, you know, I really need this guy in my life, right? Because I'm not a great framer. I can't judge framers. And so I struck a relationship with him where he knew that I was in his court and I knew he was in my court. And here we are, you know, almost 15 years later, we've done a ton of projects together. I think for that young builder listening to yeah. this, you need to find your bills in your life. You need mm -hmm. to find those people that you like, that have an eye for craftsmanship, that have good integrity. And frankly, you need to take care of them. I've never let Bill swing in the in the wind on something where I've said, well, we'll back charge the framer or, oh, that was totally his fault. You know, we're going to do X, Y and Z to him. I've always made sure that we always did the right thing for him. But Bill takes care of himself, too. He does. Because Bill thinks about what his job is and ways to improve it. We bring him details. I sat in Tim's office and, and Tim's like, hey, let me call Bill. That's awesome. Bill sat on the phone for like 30 minutes, and we had a framing discussion That's about awesome. two details. That's so great. And he could have very easily said, hey, whatever you draw, I'll just build it yep. and and walked Huge. away. But he didn't. He wanted to be part of the conversation. He wanted to have a voice in it. But more importantly, he wanted to share the knowledge that he had for the best product 
that the team can produce. Yeah, for sure. And boy, can you tell as a, for instance, you know, thinking about framing it, your build show, build Boston uh, project you used a bunch of Roseburg uh, engineered lumber. And man, that is one beautiful and straight house. Yes. Uh, and thinking about uh, that kind of almost turnkey, uh, you know, when you think about the way that you work with warm board, for instance, yep. Uh, you know, they pretty much provide an all-in-one box solution. Uh, everything's ready to go for that contractor who's installing the warm board panels. They know exactly where they go. And all the controls, all the modules, everything comes in a kit that's even been pre-tested. Uh, so that that's one company in particular that does a really nice job. And we're putting in the first heat pump water heater for a radiant floor system in America in that house. Is that right? I forgot yeah, the home, about the, that. The, the warm board owner has one that he's been testing at his house. But outside of the ownership Whoa. of warm board, we're going to be the first house where so that's we actually a, have heat pump technology. So is that a space that pack? Yeah, we have a space pack. Uh, air to outside. water. Yes. Uh, heat pump outside that that moves what 110 degree water yeah, or something, something like inside, that. but stay tuned for the those floor. episodes. We'll wow. we'll have that in there. But that's pretty cool. We're breaking something. In. Let's close on that real quick. Where uh, where are you currently in Build Show Build Boston on on the uh, video shoot? We're side? right on the verge of uh, doing drywall. So we got all the pretty stuff coming up. Cool. We uh, we have drywall. Uh, we just finished the insulation. Is all your Alora um, siding on the house now? Uh, we're, it's in the process of being okay, installed. Okay, they're doing that right now. Yep, they're doing that right now. But the full uh, Mitsubishi uh, Midas HVAC system is Everything's roughed all, in. All it's roughed all in. roughed in. All electrical Sweet. plumbing, everything is roughed in. All the uh, Shuko windows are in? All the Shuko windows are in. Everything's air sealed. We did our first blower door test. We we were at 1.0. Dang. Um Without, in the frame stage. Yeah, in the frame stage with a, so, some limited insulation. Um, That's so, great. Yeah, so we're we're rocking and rolling there. That's and a lot killer. of good stuff to come. And, uh, and Steve, how can people, if they've not heard you, they don't know who you are, this is the first time listening to the podcast, how can people uh, find out more about Steve Basic? I mean, hopefully if you're breathing, you find out about me. Right? <laughs> you never no, know. Uh, you never but know. No, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I actually have a Facebook. Everything is Steve Basic Architect. I keep it the same. So Steven that, Basic. Steven Basic Architect, yes. And it's B-A-C-Z-E-K. Steven Basic Architect yep. and, uh, is your Instagram, which is probably your biggest, but you're also real big on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Facebook and LinkedIn. And I do have a YouTube channel. I put in like my IG post. I repurpose them to that and, and put it there so it's all out there and uh, all i can say is you know there's a bunch of good information out there but if you could see the next say eight or nine months like i can see it stay tuned because build show we got and i got something to tell you that you don't even know oh. about that is going to change the way i educate so very cool we're uh yeah guys go we give steve a, a follow really smart architect and uh, the only architect I've ever seen who's willing to put an overhead camera above him, pull out his red Milwaukee, uh, uh, not Sharpie, that's a brand name, but his red <laughs> Milwaukee uh, inks all, I think is what they call them, uh, or his red Sharpie, and actually show you how he came up with the details on the houses that he's designing. All those videos are available at thebuildshow.com, buildshownetwork.com, yeah. that's the same website. Uh, and Steve has got this amazing series called the Build Show Build Boston uh, that's all available on our YouTube channel as well as thebuildshow.com. So go check it out, catch up with those, and stay tuned for some awesome content. 
uh, coming up with us. With that being said, guys, give us a follow on the Instagrams or the uh, or the Facebooks or whatever, wherever yeah. you find the Build Show. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time on the Build Show podcast.